What's up, folks? David Soto Jr. here, and this is the David Soto Jr. Podcast. What's up, folks? Welcome to episode 32 of the David Soto Jr. Podcast. I am your host, David Soto Jr. And today, um, due to recent events, I want to talk about uh, the stigma of mental health. And I actually had to look up the word stigma because I thought it was stigmatism, which just has to do with your eyes. So stigma actually is like a uh, negative mark. And so what's really cool is you look it up and I get to learn a lot of stuff. Stigma relates to a mark. And so the stigmata is the marks of the, the passion of the Christ, which is pretty cool, I think. When, you, when you're 44 years old and you learn stuff. But the stigma of mental health, um, I wrote an article talking about depression, my own personal uh, struggle with it, and how I finally got the help I needed. And part of that help, or part of the process, was not um, wanting to admit that I suffered from depression and not wanting to get help. And uh, And I realized that there's all this negative uh, talk about it. Actually, I don't know if there's negative talk. I don't think there's talk about it at all. Now, we talk about our physical ailments. We talk about cancer and diabetes and prevention. And then we have an entire you know, month dedicated to one type of uh, cancer itself. You know, uh, We talk about fitness and weight loss and healthcare and you know these are billion dollar industries and we openly talk about how healthy we want to be uh, physically but we don't talk about uh, mental health and trying how we should <clears throat> and, and I think that we should talk about that as much and I think that a lot of people because it has this stigma negative stigma that people don't want to talk about it or or admit to it um so if, the doctor, you know, asked me, my, asked me what I wanted to address if I wanted to address um, ADHD, med- or if I wanted medication for ADHD, or if I wanted ADHD medication for depression. And I said, oh, ADHD, I'll handle depression on my own. Like, I didn't want to talk about it. Um, but again, we're so concerned about physical health um, that it's a billion dollar industry. It's something we talk about on a regular basis and everybody's so concerned about it. You see commercials and, uh, diet and health food and all of this stuff, but we just don't talk about mental health. And if we're so concerned about health, if we're so concerned about our physical health, about other people's physical health, about, uh, you know, again, obesity, diabetes, cancer, um, high blood pressure, we just, all of these physical things, and it's all concerned about people's health. But what if mental health or poor mental health can can lead to uh, death, which it does? Um, we overlook it. We overlook the fact that mental health could have the same result as diabetes. It could have the same result as cancer. It could have the same result as uh, heart failure. Uh, poor mental health can have the same effect as negative uh, or poor physical health. 
And of course, that uh, I'm talking about is suicide, especially when it comes to depression. Um, yeah, there are other forms of uh, mental illnesses, but again, this podcast is just me talking about experience, and my experience is dealing with uh, depression. So here's the thing, and here's what kind of blew my mind as I was doing the research for this. I realized that we overlook mental health so much. We overlook that it can result in death so much that I actually overlooked it myself. All right. So here's the thing. If you don't know my background, I was really into what's called ancestral health. And I still am. I, I, I try to be. It's hard when you have a partner who's not, but that's another conversation. But I really was into ancestral health. I was really into eating foods as natural as possible, avoid, you know, and by natural, I mean not touched by man. Pre-agricultural, I was into natural movement. I was into uh, paleo diet, even though I don't like saying the paleo diet. I was, oh, I got in trouble saying the paleo diet but I, I was into the paleo diet I was into health I was into wellness I was into being as natural as possible to the point that I wrote books on the topic so I have the complete guide to primitive eating my first book I wrote a book about weight loss and then I got real specific and I wrote a book about um, specific to uh, Latinas it's very niche down I wrote a book called Mira and then I wrote a book called Patrick PT Test. In the research for Mira, I learned that the top 10, I learned about the top 10 causes of death in the United States, the top 10 causes of death. And I think I'm just going to pull this out of my butt here because I don't remember and I don't want to look it up because I'm lazy. But seven of the top 10 causes of death are due to chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation is when you are constantly exposed to a substance that causes inflammation in your body and in most of our cases in most of the cases in the united states that's going to be three times a day at least with your breakfast lunch and dinner if you start in court if you drink if you take uh prescription meds then it can be uh more than that in any snacks you eat so what are uh, inflammatory foods uh grains sugar alcohol, all the stuff that everybody likes. And then throw in um, prescription drugs, cigarettes, alcohol. I say alcohol already. And that causes chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation leads to seven, I think it was seven of the top 10 causes of death in the United States. Okay, so we got all this information, blah, blah, blah. I wrote this book a couple years ago and I always reference this top 10. Um, when I talk to people about health, I always reference these top 10 causes of death in the United States. So I know this list pretty good, pretty well rather. It's, you know, it's have diabetes, it has Alzheimer's, it has heart failure, it has kidney uh, disease, it has all of these things. And one of the things on this list that I knew but completely overlooked was suicide. Suicide is in the top 10 causes of death in the United States. Currently, it's number 10, I believe. Or at least the statistic I looked at that went back to 2015, it was number 10. But everything else I look at still says it's number 10. Out of that top 10 causes of death in the United States, 
suicide is number one. Now, according to what I've been reading, uh, 50% of the people who die by suicide suffer from a major depression. And uh, 90% of all people who die by suicide have been diagnosed, uh, have a diagnosable psychiatric disorder at the time. So 50% of those people have depression, but 90% of them have some type of mental disorder. This isn't what healthy people do, right? Healthy people don't kill themselves, right? There's, they're suffering from something and something is going on. And what's fucked up is we're not allowed to talk about it. Like we don't talk about it. So is it embarrassing for me to, to post out there that put out there that I have been suffering from depression? No, actually I'm not. I don't care. All right. Uh, more Americans suffer from depression than coronary heart disease, cancer, and HIV AIDS put together. Um, so there are a lot of people out there who are suffering from a disease, that disease, uh, if it even, even is a disease, let's say a uh, condition um, that can result in death, and we do not talk about it. We avoid it, and we're ashamed of it. So the stigma, it comes from, it's twofold, all right? So it's what public, what the public perceives us. So if we have some type of mental disorder, whatever it is, we have this negative aspect that comes from the people out there, right? The way they see us is going to be negative. And then there's our perception of ourselves, how we see ourselves because we have this uh, because it has this stigma, because it's so negative that, oh my God, we have, we suffer from, de- you know, what depression and what's wrong with us. And it's all uh, a bunch of crap, which, I'm, which is what I'm realizing. Um, it's so negative. And so if we're looking at 90% of the people who've committed suicide have some type of mental disorder, if 50% of them are suffering from depression, that's just the people who have reported people that we have statistics on how many people out there are suffering from something that's affecting their life there's a lot of unhappy people out there and if you don't believe me just go to walmart and go to the checkout line i don't see one one happy person working at walmart there's some sad people out there and i think they all work at walmart or mcdonald's like oh go to starbucks Asked to see the manager. That person is not happy. I know sometimes I posted on Twitter that I've never seen a happy manager, Starbucks manager, and somebody's like, ours is very happy. The one we go to, maybe. I don't know. But I really didn't think I was going to get through all of this, all of these notes that I have. I kind of have more. Um... Oh, so one thing that I want to. Uh, uh, want to talk about first of all I to get back on the fact that if there are people out there and we're not talking about these problems especially when there's a traumatic event that causes a lot of these issues um, in young people we'll say young people um, people suffering from PTSD and and their exposure to combat and traumatic events that happened you know just in wars itself now let's not talk about what happens when you uh, get in this in a car accident or near-death experience or witness violence um, 
especially if you're a child. So if you're a child and you experience trauma, right, your brain is still developing. Now, I don't know. I'm not a scientist and I'm not very smart, but our brain as children are developing on way up until the age of uh, late teens or early 20s. Like it's especially developed. Like, so here's the thing. As mammals, let me see if I get this correct. I, I'm going to be generalizing here, but as mammals, our gestation period had to be shortened uh, because of the development of their of our heads, and so the gestation period had to be in order to pass through your our mothers. We had to be delivered uh, a lot sooner than what we should be, and so take for example a horse. Who, uh, um, or actually any other mammal, like uh, as soon as they're born, they already know how to walk. All right, they get out and they, they stumble a little bit, like because their gestation period is so long, and they develop all of these things. Their brain is developed, uh, probably not fully, but a lot more advanced than we and ours are. So when we're born, our brain has a lot of developing to do. Uh, because we our gestation period is a lot shorter and we come out because our head's so damn big that's science right there our head's so damn big so we come out we have a lot of developing to do and it takes several years so if you're a child and your brain is still developing and you experience a traumatic event or you experience several of them over and over and over again can that have an impact on your brain can it cause some type of mental disorder that you suffer from as an adult? Why not? I think so. I think that makes sense, right? So personally, if you look at my life, there was a little, there was a lot of uh, uh, emotional, well, emotional trauma. A lot of stuff that happened to me and in my family, and I mean. It can be as simple as my parents got divorced when I was seven. Like that had a traumatic effect. And I'm, I'm seven now. Okay, the events that led to that divorce, the several years before that. And then, of course, the several years after. So at seven, I experienced uh, the, the, the drama and the trauma of, of going through my parents' divorce. Not to mention the stuff that happened before, right? Not to mention the events that happened afterwards. Having a... Um, being I mean, my mother being a single mother living in a bad part of Los Angeles, you know, uh, a bad part of town, our house being broken into um, several times, going to bed afraid that somebody knowing that somebody was in their house at some time that day. There's a lot of things that I experienced, which now that I look at it, because I'm open, right, because I talk about these things now, I start to reflect on them, right? Before, I didn't want to talk about them because it's quote-unquote embarrassing or quote-unquote things that I shouldn't have or I should just deal with, right? But now that I am openly talk about it, I realize that, like, it's not my fault. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, what if something I experienced as a child affected the development of my brain and there's some type of chemical imbalance, blah, blah, blah. Like, again, again, I, I don't know. I can only dive as deep as into this topic as uh, I can from a personal experience and maybe uh, 
think about it. Theor, theor, theorize, theor. Hmm. Not philosophize. I don't know. See how dumb I am? I don't even know these words I'm supposed to be using. So here's the thing. I am glad to be talking about this now. And it's going to be a topic of conversation. I'm going to write about it. I'm going to talk about it. And maybe this might be my new thing. To talk to people. To let it know, let people know that it's okay. It's not embarrassing. Um, if you... If you have diabetes, if you have cancer, if you have high blood pressure, if you have uh, high cholesterol, you know, it's it's okay to get help for these things. I always forget to turn that off. It's always, oh, it's okay to talk about these things. It's okay to talk about the fact that, well, let's, let's look at diabetes, all right? Type 1. We're not going to talk about that because you're born with it. Type 2 is 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 developed due to your eating habits, right? So if you have type 2 diabetes, we're going to talk about meds. We're going to talk about exercise. We're going to talk about diet. We're going to talk about all these things that help you uh, alleviate, alleviate your symptoms of diabetes. But what we don't talk about is that uh, a good portion of these people who have diabetes have it because they're overeating and they're overeating foods uh, that raise their blood sugar. And the reason they're overeating foods that raise their blood sugar is because they're taking the edge off with food. Everybody takes the edge off. Some do it with exercise, which is super cool. Good for you, right? Some do it with booze. Some do it with cigarettes. Some do it with uh, sex. Everybody's taking the edge off. People who um, take the edge off with food suffer for it uh, with obesity, with poor health, diabetes, cancer, chronic inflammation, again, all of these things. And the reason they're taking the edge off is something is bothering them, right? So we're, we're, we're thinking and we're looking at physical health and, and we talk about it and we talk about exercise and it's just so common. It's a billion dollar industry, but we don't really look at the source and we're ignoring the fact that it's going to that the reason some of these things are happening is because of poor mental health. Because people are, you know, the word comfort food exists for a reason. It's because people are taking the edge off with food. I've done it myself my whole life since I was a child. And there are other people, there are a lot of people out there who do the same thing. So again, we need to talk more about it. We need to... Uh, make it so that it's not i mean we're overlooking when we talk about you know taking pills to lower your a1c's um we're completely overlooking the reason why we have high blood sugar in the first place and the overlooking the reason why we smoke cigarettes in the first place we're overlooking we're just going to treating something when the root cause is mental health the very thing that uh, we avoid talking is the root cause. So I think one of my next personal campaigns is to get out there and talk about it, to talk more about it. Um, to and it will mainly be. I mean, I, I do more research, but it's mainly going to be me talking about me and what I'm going through. And currently, I have 
finally agreed that I needed help and I went to the VA and I had a very good experience after years of having bad after years of having bad experience I finally had a good experience I finally got on some meds and my life is so much better uh, I think it's been uh, three weeks that I've been on the meds and things are uh, great fantastic and, it, and the change is so minor but it, it, it's it's affected my whole life and for people to, for there to for this thing to be so negative and for people not to be able to talk about it and to, to be ashamed to get the help they need when they can be out there uh, living a great uh, life not being mad or angry or sad or, or abusive or any of these things the root cause of what all these things that are wrong with people in the world is probably poor mental health and it's the one thing we don't talk about so I'm on the verge of making that my own personal goal is to make it something that we can talk about uh, because I've been pretty miserable I'm 44 and I've been pretty miserable my whole life because I've been kind of ashamed to admit that something was wrong with me and it's taken me a while to get to that point okay folks I'm like at four at like 10 minutes I thought I was gonna run out of stuff to talk about yeah right like I could never run out of stuff to talk about but that's it for today I am um, it's Saturday uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving and uh, finally the Sun is out so I think it's Christmas lights we gotta put up Christmas lights I am so domesticated now. It's kind of crazy. Um, working on books. Books are coming out. I'm also querying because all of my... Um, I'm querying, trying to get my series. I need help. So I'm trying to get my series all put together to be a one uh, good novel. But in the meantime, I got my books out there. And you know what? The funny thing is, is my bestseller is one that I just did not think was going to be a uh, past your PT test. I'm trying to write these novels. I'm trying to write um, these awesome stories that I think maybe will someday be uh, a movie or what have you. But my bestseller is a book that I wrote on how to pass the Air Force PT test. Crazy. Anyways, folks, that is it. I appreciate you tuning in. And... Uh, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep talking about this and we'll see what happens. All right. Thanks.